everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to PacoCollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. You guys, I'm so excited. For the first time ever, the dog people of the internet are going to be gathering together in person. Worked Up Camp. It's a three-day camp September 29th through October 1st in Port Orchard, Washington. It's for you, the dog people of the internet, who have participated in in-person Worked Up seminars and online Worked Up classes. We're going to gather to progress those skills that you learned in the seminars or in the classes. We're going to do arousal layering games. We're going to take those to the next level. We're going to focus on those clean training practices that you have learned are so important. We're going to get you in and out of the ring. So how do you actually apply these worked up skills to a competition-like setting? And what do you do in competition when things go wrong and you can't do a cookie scatter? It's going to be all of that and so much more. And the best part is going to be this amazing community of people who I have seen come together online to support each other as you work with your worked up dogs and support and love your worked up dogs. I can't wait and I hope you're excited too. So join the Facebook event page. Just search for Worked Up Camp on Facebook to find the event and then click interested or going and then you'll get all of the updates about it as we continue to produce those updates. And of course, at any time, if you've got questions about anything, shoot me an email, cognitivecanine at gmail.com. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hi friends, as many of you know, over Christmas, I temporarily lost my dog Felix on a hike. He was actually gone for 24 hours and I think most of you listening to this podcast are aware of that because part of the reason I have Felix with me today is because of the amazing community that I call the dog people of the internet. And So I wanted to take some time today. It's been a few weeks now since that happened, although it really feels like it hasn't been that long, um, to talk to you about what happened. I know that the full story wasn't really out there. It was just basically the details that you needed to know to help me. Um, And so I'm going to share with you the details that I think are relevant to you guys today. Um, And 
talk a little bit about, I think, important stuff that I did right to get Felix back and some some mistakes I made as well um, that I think would be important for everybody to just kind of think about as they go forward, um, getting their dogs out in nature and getting their dogs natural exercise because I still stand by decompression type of exercise, which is off-leash in nature as the best form of exercise for dogs, even though this happened to me. So settle in, sit back. Um, I've got Felix right next to me right now, which feels, you know, really special, but a little bit emotional. And I'm going to tell you the story. Um, It all started with a beach vacation. I have a wonderful friend and client who has a lovely house on the beach near Cannon Beach in Oregon. And she offered it to my partner and I to use basically whenever we want, um, which is extremely generous of her. And Leslie and I very rarely have opportunities to actually go somewhere together <laughs> that doesn't involve work or competing. And But we both had you know a few days off around Christmas. So we decided to go for Christmas. And it was wonderful. My dogs ran on the beach every day, twice sometimes three times a day, just running up and down the beach, playing in the surf um, and having a really wonderful time. And it was relaxing and lovely. And on Christmas Day, we decided to go for a hike in Ecola State Park. Uh, We took four of the five dogs that we had with us. We left kind of the older guy at home, uh, Brink. And that was one of the first things, I guess, that I did right. I do try to keep the ratio to, you know, no greater than two to one. So two dogs to one person on a hike. I try not to take more than that um, because I think otherwise it gets to be a little too much to keep track of, especially in a new area. So uh, we took four dogs, took Stig, Ghost, Felix, and Iggy. And The dogs were on leash and off leash throughout this hike. They stayed on leash for about the first mile um, as we got used to the terrain, got used to what the hike was going to be like, found out how many people were going to be on the hike. It was actually surprisingly slow for uh, Christmas Day, so a day people have off, and also really great weather, um, nice and clear, if not entirely warm. It was not raining. There were quite a few people in the parking lot, but most of them were taking advantage of just kind of sightseeing um, opportunities. It's a really beautiful park. Most of them weren't actually hiking. So we hiked about two and a half miles, um, almost three miles, when Felix disappeared. And he does not go out of my sight much on hikes. If he goes out of my sight... I usually count to five and then call him back. I don't advocate recalling your dog constantly on hikes. I think that that can wind up really punishing your recall, even if you're using a primary reinforcer like food when the dog comes back. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a later episode on recalls, but generally speaking, he just doesn't go too far. He stays in my sight. We do this all the time. Um, We took a picture of all the dogs on a log and then we kind of continued down the trail and then noticed that there was kind of a break in the hedges um, along the side of the trail and lo and behold in that break in the hedges um, there was a cliff face and people had created that break in the hedges I believe because there was a really beautiful lighthouse that could be spotted right there so people had walked up to that edge and taken their pictures and kind of continued on Um, 
we stopped to take a picture of the lighthouse, turned around, called everybody. Everybody was right there, but Felix wasn't. Um, it's important to note as well that when we came around and saw that break in the hedge, Stig was standing right there at the break. Um, nobody really thought much of that, but I called Felix and he didn't come. And you got to know the dog's got a nice recall. He comes when I call him. Um, I waited a second and I called him again and he still wasn't coming. And so I thought, you know, maybe he ran down the trail and he found some friends. He's a very social dog. And if he's not coming to me, um, there's a possibility he's found a cute girl, <laughs> cute girl down, down the trail, perhaps. So I started to jog down the trail um, with just Iggy with me. And I was calling him and calling him and he wasn't coming. And it didn't take long for me to realize that he wasn't coming. And the panic started to set in pretty quickly um, because the only possibility in my head was that he had gone over the cliff. Um, he doesn't run off. He doesn't chase wildlife. He really doesn't. Um, and he comes when I call him, like I said. So I started to legitimately panic, um, hyperventilating, crying, you know, the works. Leslie remained calm. Um, I think just not because she wasn't also panicking inwardly, but because she was trying to be sure that at least one of us um, was, I guess, staying present in the moment. And we were looking over the cliff face and we were, you know, running up and down screaming his name and um, this is where it starts to become a blur for me because this happened at about three o'clock in the afternoon, um, was when he disappeared. And about an hour later, we decided to call 911. Um, why did we call 911? Well, it was Christmas day. And so your local, you know, non-emergency police line, your non-emergency fire department lines are not actually going to answer because it's Christmas Day. So we called 911. Um, the 911 dispatch uh, worker wanted strongly to clarify that this was my dog and not my son. And part of me you know, little voice in the back of my head said, tell them it is your son because they'll move for sure if you do. And he means that much to me. He really does. But I'm an honest person. For me to concoct a lie that big would actually take some forethought. And I didn't have it. So I said, it's my dog. And so they sent out um, a single police officer who was pretty sure that I was crazy and my dog had, you know, run off into the woods. Um, but, you know, he humored me and walked up and down the trail and helped me look um, until he had to go do something else. At which point a state trooper showed up um, who was actually really kind and really listened. And, and when Leslie and I both said, you know, we're certain that he went over the cliff. There's no way that he's in the woods because we would have found him by now. He believed us. Um, he was the first person to believe us. And he informed us that 
people actually go missing on the cliff a lot and that it's not uncommon for us to not be able to see them on the cliff face or hear them at all because the tide is so loud. And we basically searched, you know, ran up and down the mountain, searched the cliffside with flashlights and looked for him until it got dark. Um, At which point we realized, you know, we'd been in the park all day. We needed to go home and take care of Brink and make a plan for what else to do. Up until that point, Leslie had informed some really good friends of mine who had started to put out feelers for help on Facebook, but they hadn't told anybody who it was or what was going on. Um, And so I went home, we went back to the beach house and let Brink out and fed the dogs that we had with us. And um, we did not feed ourselves. Neither Leslie nor myself had eaten a real meal since the night before because I had made a big Christmas Eve dinner. Um, and so we were both, you know, we had had a huge dinner. So we, I think, ate maybe a granola bar or something in the morning before we went for the hike. But, you know, weren't really planning on eating until I had planned a big Christmas dinner as well. I love cooking. It's one of the things I like to do on a holiday. So we were going to go home and have a big Christmas dinner after our hike. So we were both pretty much empty stomached. But at that point, neither of us were thinking about food at all, which if you know me, for sure, you know that that's a big deal. Um, and we went back to the beach house and fed the dogs and I sat down at my computer. And I just composed a Facebook post. And it had a picture of Felix, my sweet boy's face, and it just said, friends, I need your help. And it had the pertinent details, which were that Felix was missing and where he was missing and what I needed. I said at the time that I could use a drone to help locate him, that I could potentially use a sea kayaker because the cliff face goes down to a beach and the beach is not accessible by foot, even at low tide. And so I knew the only way to get there was by a boat. Um, And so I was, you know, I was calling for all of these things, kayaker, drone, ropes team, you know, climber, something. And I put that post out and I got, we got back in the car and went back to the park because Leslie said, I can't sit here and do nothing. And I said, well, we're just going to go back out there and keep looking because we can't not. And so we drove back to the park in silence. Um, Both of us just distraught, just hanging on by a thread, really, because this dog is, like all of our dogs, just so important. It really wouldn't have mattered which of our five dogs it was um, because we, you know, like you guys listening, they are our family. They're our children, and we love them so much. Um, So we got in the car, and we drove back to the park. Um, And... A friend of mine who'd been staying in Seattle for Christmas who doesn't live there um, drove, got in her car at around 6 p.m. and drove for five hours and met us um, at the park to help looking, to help look. I'm sorry, she she got there in the earlier evening than that. So when we got back around 7 or 8, she was there to help look. And these two women who I didn't know, 
but who knew me from the internet, who are, you know, dog training enthusiasts, dog sport enthusiasts, but they don't even do agility. They showed up because they were local to the area. They showed up with flashlights and, and you know, whatever else we would need. And um, they hiked up and down, and it's not actually an easy stretch of trail. It's a pretty good, decent incline. That's about three-quarter, you know, half to three-quarter mile from the parking lot up to the cliff face. And they trudged up and down in the mud in the dark with flashlights with me calling out. And basically, we just searched. Um, we searched until about midnight. Um, at which point, you know, we'd been checking the Facebook group and checking what was going on. And it looked like people were going to show up to help us in the morning. People with drones. Um, people, you know, basically with more equipment we're going to show up. And so we decided to go back home. We decided to go back to the beach. And that was such a hard decision, but it was such a hopeless situation. And I knew that the best thing for us to do was to just go home, try to sleep a little bit, get up first thing and get back out there. Um, leaving my baby out in the cold in the dark overnight just praying that he was actually somewhere in that park alive was just literally made for the worst night of my life he overall wound up being on the cliff face for 24 hours and they are to date the worst 24 hours that I've ever been through and there are a lot of things that I'll probably never share on this podcast that are very personal that if you knew about them, you would know that me stating this was the worst 24 hours of my life is actually a pretty big deal. And I hope that nothing worse than this ever happens to me again. I hope that this stands as the worst 24 hours of my life. Um, I know that that's probably an unreasonable thing to wish for but it was so horrible so in the morning um we went straight back out and there were people there meeting us the two ladies who were there last night brought coffee over i you know a bunch of people just said what can we do consequently a lot of my friends who were in portland who were the closest people to the state park were pretty much snowed in. Portland was seeing outrageously um, icy and cold weather for Portland and the roads were dangerous. And I said, you know, nobody go kill yourselves on these roads trying to get out here. Um, and so a lot of people kind of waited until the roads were more passable to come out. And that's a good decision that they made. Um, but before long, um, a volunteer fire chief named Matt Verley showed up. Not even his district, who's a volunteer fire chief for um, Hamlet Fire, which is a totally different county from where we were. And he showed up with his own personal drone that he owns. Because the big 
block, the big problem, because you guys, we talk to the Coast Guard, we talk to fire departments, and we we were really rallying. My friend Christine was at home on the phone constantly and on email constantly trying to find somebody that could get my dog off the cliff. And what everybody said was, we can't deploy anything until we actually know where the dog is. Now, that's understandable. Um, I totally get it, but it was very frustrating at the time. And so we got there in the morning, and before Matt with the drone actually got there, uh, Leslie and my friend who had driven in, Amy from uh, Seattle, Leslie and Amy went up. Um, I was to the point where I couldn't actually keep looking at the cliff um, without having a panic attack and me in a panic attack mode is not a helpful person. So I stayed in the parking lot to rally people and Leslie and Amy hiked back up to the cliffside and they heard him barking. And that was the first time that I just had so, I was so filled with hope when they heard him barking, I knew that he was alive. And the whole night, it wasn't a question of whether I would find him because if he was alive, I knew that I would because I would move mountains to find him. I would climb down the cliff face myself to find him if he was there. But the whole night, my biggest fear was that he wasn't. My biggest fear was that he was gone. Um, and so when we heard him barking, I basically fell to my knees Um it's kind of an indescribable feeling to not know if someone you love is alive or dead and then you find out that they're alive. Nothing like that's ever happened to me before now. Um, and then the drone got eyes on him. Pretty much within minutes of sending the drone down, they could see him. He was wearing um, a bright orange harness and... So he was easy to see on the cliffside by the drone. And they could see that he was moving his head. Um, and so he was clearly alive. As soon as they had eyes on him, they called the uh, volunteer ropes team, which is part of um, the Seaside Fire Department. And the heart team, the high angle ropes team came down and so within 30, 45 minutes of the drone locating him, they were setting up to send a climber down to get my dog. There was no questions asked. There was no, you know, we can't take this risk because this is a dog. Um, nobody said anything like that. Every single rescuer showed up. They were volunteers. They showed up. They did their thing. They, and, you know, they were happy to do it. So I stood at the top of the mountain as they deployed um, the ropes team. And it was an agonizing, it felt like forever, but I think it only took about 10 minutes. Um, so this next agonizing 10 minutes, I waited. And when I saw Felix come up over the edge of the cliff because he was in the guy's arms and they were pulling him up. Um, it was the most emotional moment of my life. Um, 
and the bigger thing because in the back of my mind, you know, I didn't know what kind of shape he was going to be in. I didn't know if he fell. I didn't know if he had broken bones. I didn't know if he had internal bleeding. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what kind of shape he was going to be in. And he came up over the cliff and he saw me and he came to me and he wrapped his front legs around my neck and rested his head um, under my chin like he always does and gave me a hug. And I knew he was okay. And I knew that, you know, we had survived this. And I just sat there in the mud with him in my arms and sobbed. Just uncontrollable sobbing. Um, He was clearly stressed. He was clearly, had been through a lot. He was filthy. Um, But that's all that was wrong with him. He actually walked down the mountain after that. You know, from there, I said the biggest thank yous of my life to all the volunteers. And I put him in the car and I took him straight to an emergency vet because... You know, just because he looks okay doesn't mean he totally is okay. And I needed to be sure that he was okay. Um, Emergency vet gave him a totally clean bill of health, said he's perfectly fine. He's a tiny bit dehydrated, but not so much that we want to keep him and put him on fluids as long as he's taking in water. And he was taking in water really readily. Um, And I took him home. It all happened really quickly looking back. You know, this was a 24-hour span. But it was traumatic and emotional and so hard on all of us. Um, the, The most important thing really is that he is okay. But now I want to talk about a few important things. Um, The first thing is that I have been under fire for my strong advocacy for off-leash exercise since this incident. I have been under fire for that since I started publicly recommending it. Um, But now people are even more kind of up in arms um, about it. And that's okay. Everybody kind of has a right to their own opinion. What I would say is that you don't really have a right to attack someone who's a trauma victim um, ever. I don't really care um, if you think they could have prevented what they went through. You don't get to attack them. They're going through enough. So the first thing I'm going to say is that my dogs will continue to hike off leash. And rather than thinking that I'm stupid for saying that, I want you to just understand that that is a statement about the importance of off-leash exercise to their mental health because it certainly would be easier for me to just say well that's it you're on leashes from now on because that was the worst thing that ever happened to me and and it wouldn't have happened if you were on leash okay easy to say that but here's some stuff that I did right Felix hikes in a bright orange Herta active dog harness with reflective tape it's big It's bright. It's easy to spot. The rest of his body blended in with the cliff face um, on the drone footage. He was not actually easy to see other than the fact that he was wearing that harness. You can bet he's going to wear a big bright something on his body, not just his neck, every single time we hike for the rest of his life. And so are the rest of my dogs. 
Um, really important that it's not a natural color that's going to blend in like his body is. You know, black, white, and brown in the rocky cliff face would have been hard to see. So that's something that I guess I did right. Um, other stuff I did right is that I kept fighting. I didn't give up. I didn't not ask for help because he was a dog. A little voice in my head said, nobody's going to help you. He's just a dog. Um, but I asked anyway. And I'm amazed, actually, at who showed up and what was done for him. The other thing, the thing that saved his life is Facebook. Um, you can say what you want about social media, but my post on Facebook saved his life because it was shared about 2,000 times. I made a Facebook group called Find Felix so that I wasn't just spamming everyone all the time. A bunch of people joined. I should have looked at the actual number before I hopped on here, but it was it was a high number um, pretty much overnight. Matt Verley, who ran the drone, he had 50 Facebook messages um, overnight. That's why he knew to come and help. I don't know him. I don't even know anyone who personally does know him. But somehow, through the magic of social media and through the fact that we're all connected there, he was reached. And the other thing is that I know my dog and I know him well. And because I hike with him so often, I know his tendencies. And I knew that he went over the cliff. And the reason I knew that is because the ocean was what he was trying to get to. The fact that he's not hurt tells me he did not fall. It tells me he was skirting down the side because he is actually very athletic, um, trying to get to the water. He loves water more than anything. We really hadn't seen any water on the hike until then. He heard it, and he went over the cliff trying to get to it. So... I knew him, which is what gave me the really just certain certainty um, of where he was. And so that way we knew where to point the drone. Um, we knew pretty precisely. We didn't even think he ran down the trail further and then went over the cliff. We looked in a very specific spot and we found him within minutes. So I know him because we're out in nature all the time. And I also knew that he hadn't chased wildlife into the woods. And I also knew that when he immediately did not come when I called him, I knew that he was not lost. I knew that he couldn't come to me because I know what his recall response is. So here's some stuff I could have done better. Um, he could have been wearing a GPS collar and that would have helped us out. I'm researching them right now. I think I've decided what one to buy. I will talk about that um, when I do buy it and when I am satisfied with it. Um, because, and if you guys have recommendations for me on that, shoot them my way. Cognitive canine at gmail.com. Um, I've been looking at all of them. It doesn't seem like there's a clear winner to me. So if you think there is a clear winner, please send it to me. Um, he's going to be wearing a GPS collar. Here's the other, this is the really biggest thing I think I did wrong, um, is that I didn't know that cliff was there. So we were coming through the woods. We'd been hiking in deep forest for two and a half miles. I didn't know that cliff was coming. I didn't know it was right around the corner. 
if I had, I would have leashed up. Um, so knowing the terrain a little bit better is something that I'm going to be working on going forward when I hike. You'll notice that I am not stating that it was a mistake to have him off leash. I hiked him off leash the very next day, um, much to the outrage of many people on Facebook. I had a um, nice long list of unfriending to do um, that day because, like I said, it's not okay to attack a trauma victim. Um, it's vital, especially to Felix's mental health, more than any dog I've ever had. It's vital. His um, problematic behavior, which is not a long list, but it certainly exists, just like it does in any dog, increases anytime he doesn't get this kind of exercise. And he needs it, and I need it, and I'm going to continue to hike my dogs off leash. That's not going to change. I'm just going to be smarter about it going forward, and I'm also going to understand that while I could have done some things better, it's possible that even had I done those things right, this would have happened because hiking is not free of risk. Everything that's worthwhile in this life is not free of risk. And I'm going to keep hiking. So if you're compelled or moved by this story, if you want to show the volunteers that you appreciate them, coming out the day after Christmas and saving someone's dog. I really encourage donations be made to seasidefire.com. Just click the donate tab. Seaside Fire was one of three organizations involved, but because they have an easy to use online setup for donations, they have agreed to split all incoming donations that mention Felix. So there's a little box at checkout where you, that you need to write in, this is for Felix. Um, they're going to split the donations three ways between themselves and the other two organizations. They've generously agreed to do that. We've already raised almost $3,000 total. So $1,000 for each organization. Um, and I'd like to just continue to raise more for them. Um, and I'm also looking into, you know, some specific things that the team could use, uh, that we're going to send out. So, Thank you again for your support of me and Felix through this time. Um, if you were one of the people who acted on Facebook um, or in person, know that you have my undying gratitude. Um, if you have donated, again, know that I am so, so grateful. We have got to thank these people so that they continue to put their resources towards all missing family members, not just people. Um, positive reinforcement needs to flow where it's due, and it is due with these volunteers. They are heroes. They saved my dog's life, and you never know when you could be next. So be careful out there, but don't stop going out there. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.